for worshiping with us today. All right. Good morning once again. Ah, I like that. Good, good. Hey, inside your uh, program is an outline. I want to encourage you guys to follow along today. Uh, I'm sure that some of you who were here last week, you set some goals spiritually in your life, right, to do that. <clears throat> All right, we're going to work on that the next couple weeks, see if we can help you out. Hey, so here, here's, uh, how many of you, just out of curiosity, how many of you have made uh, goals for 2016? Kind of raise your hand, okay? All right, how, how many of you feel this way? Why make them, because I'm not going to reach them anyway, and so I'm going to shoot high for the moon, right? And we're just going to just, like, not have goals, right? How many of you do that? So a couple years ago, remember, I said I was going to gain 25 pounds? That's an easy goal. Watch more TV, exercise less, do less with my life, right? And that was a great goal, right? It was hard to, hard to achieve, but uh, we were able to make that. So, so how, how you guys uh, don't like setting goals? So drop in your head, you don't want to look at me today. Is that what it is? Well, here's some uh, statistics for you. 40% of Americans set goals. Okay, 40%. Of those 40%, if you were here last year, uh, how many of them actually achieved their goals? You remember what the number was? Eight. Eight percent. So here, let me make a prediction to how it's going to work for you. So you can just go, like, why do goals at all? We're actually going to share today and next week about how to set goals and how to actually live them out in your life. So 40% of Americans set goals. By week number one, 25% have already failed. So here's the good news. Those of you who raised your hand, by Friday of this week, you will have already failed, right? 31 per, or 71% uh, succeed, so that's, uh, what is that, 30, uh, 29% in week two. 64% will succeed in, uh, by month one, and then only 46% actually make it to six months. And then from there, it drops off, right? In which case, all of us feel like, yeah, tell us something we don't know. That's why we don't make goals, right? So what I want to do today is I want to encourage you guys to make goals. Because here, here's what I've learned for my life. And every, the week leading into New Year's and, and, and this week and next week, I hit hard on goal setting for my personal life, my spiritual life, and the life of the church. And so... Oftentimes I take off about two weeks and I just really spend some time with God and asking him what does he want me to do personally in my personal life, in the, in the, the direction of the church, what goals are we going to set for 2016 as a church. And he, here's kind of what, how I would describe it. If we don't set goals, we tend to just dabble in this, dabble in that, dabble in this. And I don't know if you've realized this. But year after year, it just keeps rolling on. Do you agree with that? And the older you get, the more it rolls on and the quicker it is. And you'll end 2016 scratching your head wondering, it's the same as 2015 and it's the same as 2014 and it's the same as 2013. And the condition of your marriage, your spiritual life, your financial life, your professional life, your educational life, all the areas of your life, it's just the same. And you end up doing... Kind of like hot shot, you know, you put out this fire, you put out that fire, you put out this fire, and you just dabble, 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 and at the end of the, end of the time, you're really 
not really focused on much of anything. And so when it comes to goal setting, and I've read a bazillion and five books, uh, oftentimes, to be really honest with you, it's confusing. I read secular books and, and, and Christian books, and it becomes so difficult about midway through, you just close the book and go, no goals for me, right? And then you go, I'm going to gain 25 pounds, I'm going to eat more ice cream, exercise less, watch more TV, and sleep in more often, right? Because those are achievable goals, right? And so uh, we end up just kind of pushing it aside. And so today and next week, I'm going to give you five steps today and then five steps next week. And it actually comes out of the scripture. It's very simple. At the end of the message, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how it works in church life in the area of community groups. Because that's a big focus that we'll have in 2016. So if you have your programs, open it up. Inside you'll find an outline. And we want to encourage you to follow along today. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis chapter 24. So in the very front of the Bible and Genesis 24. So the title is Faith, Obedience, and Focus. Okay, as, as Christ followers, we typically get the first two down pretty well, right? We got faith in Jesus Christ, right? Right? And we have obedience in the Word of God, right? Right? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but the focus part, not so much. We don't focus in. And as a result, when, when it's fuzzy, then you're not having the clarity, you're not motivated, you're not succeeding in the goal setting that you have in your life. All right? So I, I remember uh, as a little kid, I've worn glasses since I think second grade. Um, I can remember the first time I went in, the teacher had suggested to my mom that maybe his eyes weren't, Good, probably because I was like right up to the chalkboard like this, going, what are you writing down, teach, right? And so I got, I got glasses, and I still remember to this day. I, I mean, I was probably, see, in second grade, I would have been 22. <laughs> I, and I was dating the teacher. And so anyway, uh, so I was probably, I don't know, what are you, eight or nine years old in the second grade? And I, seven, seven? All right, well, I was above the curb, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> So I put on glasses, and I can remember saying to my mom, there's leaves on those trees. Because in my, in my mind, it was just green, fuzzy, right? And then I put on the glasses, and it brought focus, and I could see the actual individual leaves, and even the pine needles. We had a big pine tree in front of our house, right? And so if you live your life kind of blurry, you miss a lot, right? And so we get the faith and obedience down, okay, but focus we miss. So how do you bring focus into your life? And so in your outline at the very top, success is not necessarily being famous, wealthy, or healthy. Do you agree with that? But it is a growing realization of God's goals for your life, right? And so when I talk about goal setting, I'm not talking about just kind of secular goals. Oh, I want to be wealthy, I want to be famous, whatever. But, but really, what does God have for you in your life? What is, what is his plan? What is his desire for you? So Genesis chapter 24, all right? And let me just kind of set the story up, and then we're going to jump into it. So Abraham has been given a promise by God that he is going to be a father of a great nation, right? And through his offspring, the world is going to be blessed, right? We just celebrated Christmas, the birth of the Messiah. So through that line, the whole world is going to be blessed. There was a few problems. One, Abraham is 140 at this point, 
he has one kid and his kid isn't married. All right? And so long before, long before you got the stuff on TV where it's, uh, you know, my dad and mom's going to pick my new spouse, whatever that goofy show is. Well, that's how it was done. Kind of arranged marriages uh, was taking place. And and so Abraham wanted the promise of God to, to be fulfilled, right? And again, time's running out. He's getting old. His kid, not married. And so in his mind, he's like, yikes, what are, what are we going to do? Well, what's interesting is in Genesis 24, and you go home and read the whole chapter. We'll, we'll follow up next week on it. But when you read through it, it is a, probably the best chapter of succinctly laying out goal setting from a scriptural standpoint. All right? And so we'll unpack it today, and I hope that you'll, you'll get it, and it'll become a little easier for you. It won't be so confusing if you read many of the books. So let's take a look. And we're going to jump into. So number one, the very first step in goal setting is that you've got to determine your position. All right? You've got to determine your position. If I were to, if, so we'll back up. If you were to invite me over to a barbecue and you're making ribs, I'm just dropping a few subtle hints here, okay? So write it down. <laughs> barbecue ribs, right? And ice cream, Right? I mean, I'm not trying to force myself on you or anything like that, but if you were so gracious to do that for me, and I, and I couldn't find your house, and I called you, well, most of you wouldn't answer the phone, but anyway, if I called you and you were gracious enough to answer it, the first thing I would say to you is, hey, how do I get to the house? And the first thing you would say back to me is, where are you? Because if I'm in Pittsburgh and you're, let's say, in Antioch or Oakley, the directions you give is going to be different than if I'm in Tracy. Would you agree with that? So the first question you've got to ask yourself is, and, and it comes to goal setting, is where are you in the area if you're looking at marriage, if you're looking at raising your kids or becoming a better parent or your financial situation? You've got to ask that question, kind of where am I? What's the position that I am in in my life? So if you go to Genesis 24... Verse 1, and here's what it is. Abraham was now old. He's roughly 140 years old, all right? Now, so today's message, if you're over 140 years old, this message isn't for you. If you're under 140, this message is for you. So he's well advanced in, the, in his years, and we would all say that is completely true. And the Lord had blessed him in every way, all right? So in Abraham's life, he had, he had really, we know this now, 35 more years to live. All right, And so time was kind of under the, uh, the uh, crunch time, and it was time to get something going in his life. And so he stops, and he asks himself, kind of, where am I? Now, let me stop and say this to you. Denial is a beautiful thing, isn't it? If you're going to set goals, you have to be honest with yourself. Right? If your goal for your marriage is to make it better. Don't live in denialville if it isn't good. Own it. Be real about it. If your finances are terrible and you have tons of consumer debt, don't deny it. Because when we deny it, we're never going to get to where we need to get to. You've you got to be real about your position. He's 140. He's got, he's got his kid. His kid isn't married. 
And yet God had promised that he's going to be a father of a great nation. Right? And, and, and so you've got to ask yourself the questions. And here's a couple of questions to ask. And the first one is, where am I now? Right? So whatever your goal is for 2016, where are you when it comes to that specific goal? And again, don't live in denial. It, it live in reality. All right? And what would I like to change? What would I like to change? Now, if you don't know what to change, you can always ask your spouse. They'll always help you out. <laughs> would you agree with that one? Yeah, we don't always like that, right? What's interesting in, in Genesis 24 is five times the word success is used. It is the most, it, it, the word success is used in chapter uh, 24. Out of all the chapters in the Bible, it's used the most five times. It talks about success and what it is. So we've got to ask ourselves, where are we at? What's the position that we're in? What would we like to change in our life? Number two, the second thing is, you've got to define your purpose. All right? You've got to define your purpose, or you might say your target. Some will say the target. But you have to be clear. All right? Typically, when we do goal setting, we make it vague. Right? I want to become a better parent. What does that mean? What is that? I mean, it's hard to put feet on a vague goal, right? In fact, here's the reality. The reality is, if your goals are vague, you will not achieve them. So the old idea that you shoot an arrow against the wall, it hits, and you walk over and you draw a, draw a bullseye and you go, got it, doesn't work, right? And so the more clarity that you bring to it, the better and the more motivated you will be in that area of goals, goal setting in your life. Now look with me in verses 2 and following. He said to his chief servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh, verse 3, I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of, the heaven, uh, God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will, and here's part of the clarity that he's going to bring. Okay, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites. Okay, so there's the do not do part, right? And so there's clarity in that goal as he sets off. And then he makes it even clearer. And uh, he goes on in verse 4 and he says, But will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. All right, so there's clarity in it. You're not going to go to where the Canaanites are. We don't want a wife from them, and we'll talk about that in here in a moment. But we want you to go. He wants him to go back to his country, to his own kinship, to have a like faith, and he wants to bring them. Yogi Bear said this. I thought I love Yogi Bearisms, right? He says this. He says, you've got to be very careful that you, uh, let's see, check start two. Snap. Here we go. Yogi Bear. I love the Yogi Bearism. Don't you? Here's what he said. <laughs> hey, I haven't spoke since last year. I'm a little rusty, all right? He says this. He says, you've got to be very careful if you do not know where you're going because you might get there. Not true? And here's what I've learned, at least in church life, that we don't plan to fail. Most of the time, we don't have a plan, right? That's the problem. 
It's not like you wake up and go, hey, you know what? I hope this year I'm going to get so far in debt I can't even stand it. You want to sign up for that, honey? Yeah, let's do it, right? But if you don't have a financial plan, you know what's likely to happen? God's will is when you swipe it and it says approved, you say, oh, the sovereign hand of God. He's in this. Purchase, 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 right? And then at the end of 2016, you're so far in debt, you're like, I can't get out of it, right? But if you don't have a plan, then you just drift. Right? You just you just drift along in your life. And so you want to bring clarity. Years ago, when my kids were little guys, um, I sat with one of uh, an older gentleman in our church. He's since passed away. And I asked him a question. I said, if you had it all over again with your raised kids, you know, his kids were grown up. In fact, I did, I did the wedding for his, his daughter. I said, if you had it all over again, what would you do differently in raising your kids. And he said to me, he said, I would, instead of asking them to do what I wanted them to do, I would ask them what they would like me to do, and I would invest in time with them. And from that, when my guys were little, I decided that on one day a week, and I had the three boys, that I would rotate taking one of them out for lunch, because that was the best time for me, for lunch every week. And so, and I don't remember if it was Tuesday, but every Tuesday, I would take one of my boys out to where they wanted to go to talk about what they wanted to talk about, right? And that's, that's what I did until they were up and out, and now we still do the same thing. And the way, here, here's how you do it. You just say, hey, I want to buy you lunch. You're like, I'm going, Dad, let's go, right? <laughs> free i'm in it right and and so what it did is it, for me is it helped me to bring clarity and it helped me to to have uh, a clear goal in what i wanted to do as i invested in my boy's life see too often we just make it vague i want to be a better dad well that's a great goal but what does it look like right and so you have to bring some some clarity into it so that you'll be able to invest into their kids. For him, he says, hey, I want you to don't get a wife from the Canaanites, and I want you to go to my country and my own relatives, and I want you to get a wife for my kid. And actually, in verse 16, he talks about her being beautiful and a virgin, even more clear into it. So here's some questions that you ask. What do I want to be? What do I want to do? And what do I want to have in my life? Get those down? Got them down? All right. So why do we ask, or why do we set vague goals? And the reason why is fear, right? If I set a goal and it's vague, no one will know whether I achieve it. I won't hear criticism from anyone, right? But what's the background of the vague goal is fear. And what's interesting is, it's either fear of not succeeding or fear of succeeding. But both of them are driven by fear. And verse 5, look what the servant says. The servant asked him, what if? Right? Two words filled with fear. Whenever you hear the what if, there's always a fear factor in there. Right? What if the woman is unwilling to come with me to this land? 
Shall, uh, shall I then take uh, your son back to the country you come from? Right? And so what happens oftentimes when it comes to setting goals is we think, well, I'm just going to make it fuzzy. But in reality, there's a fear issue. If you set a goal to get out of debt by whatever it is, then the fear is, well, what if I don't? <laughs> well, if you don't set a goal, guess what you're never going to get out of? Debt. If you set a goal to lose weight, right? If you don't make the goal, guess what? If you don't set the goal at all or set a, 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 a number at all, you're not going to, right? And that's the problem that we have. And so there's a fear issue. Well, what if I don't? Which leads us into number three. The third part is that you discover a promise, okay? Or, and I'm going to use the illustration at the end, a model in Scripture, all right? Because you may not find a verse that says, thou shall lose 25 pounds in 2016, right? But we know that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? We know that we are to take care of ourselves. We're to exercise, we're to eat healthy and so forth. I mean, we know that from Scripture. So you may not necessarily find a thou shall not, you know, kind of a deal. But there's going to be a model that we find in Scripture that will help us to do that in our life. Now, someone said, I haven't counted them. I was busy last night, but there are sev over 7,000 promises in Scripture. Now, you could probably go home and Google them, and you'll probably find them all, right? But here, here's the truth about us as Christ followers. If you don't know the Word of God, you will not know the promises that God has for you, right? It's like, it's like buying an insurance policy and not having any idea what it covers, how do you know? Right? You know what happens? You call your insurance agent or the adjuster and you hope that the policy covers it. But that's a tough way to live, isn't it? Right? And so you need to study the Word of God. You need to memorize the Word of God. You need to get in a community group because spiritual growth happens best in community, not in rows, but in circles, right? In small groups. And so you need to learn that in your life because those are promises that God has for you in your life. And so we need to make sure that we're investing in that. <clears throat> so the servant is all wound up. He's concerned that he's going to go and the woman's not going to come with him. He's not going to find the right woman. He, you know, it's not going to go well. And so here's what Abraham says to his servant in verse 7. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land and who spoke to me and promise me on oath, right? God had already given him the promise, right? And so he's reminding his servant of God's promise that he has for him. To your offspring, I will give you this land. He, uh, he will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son there. And all of a sudden, the servant goes from, what if, what if? To God is sovereign. God has given you a promise. You're going to be the father of a great nation. Isaac's going to have a wife. You're going to use me as the vehicle to go find the wife. And all of a sudden, he calms himself down. Right? He goes from fear, what if she doesn't come, to a point where he, he takes a deep breath. And so, you know where uh, Abraham was from originally? Does anybody know? Any Bible scholars? Huh? Ur, but where's Ur today? 
Iraq, yep. So he, he's going to leave Iraq and he's going to go to Israel. And so he's going to send back his servant to Iraq to get someone of the same faith, the same kinship, and to bring them back uh, to his son, uh, uh, Isaac, to, that he would be a father of a great nation. Now, here, here's where a lot of us stumble. And we looked at this last week about relying on God and walking in the spirit is we try to set our goals in our own power. And so when we look at our finances, we look at what we have or what we don't have. When we look at our, if we want to lose weight or we want to exercise, we look at our stick to based in our own resources. The difference between a secular goal setting and a God-driven goal setting is finding a promise or a model in Scripture that we can come back to and rely on. Okay, that's the big difference. And so when it comes to it, because it's going to get difficult, would you agree with that? Sure, it's why 40% of Americans set goals and only 8% of them achieve. Because if goals were easy, we would all be setting them. We don't set them because we don't achieve them. And we don't achieve them because we rely on our own strength and we don't have a promise from God or a model from the scriptures that we can come back to and again to allow it to just turn in our mind and trust in him. Right? And so we rely on our own resources. And if you rely on your own resources, let me just kind of say this. You're always going to be left empty. Because you were never built and created to rely on your own resources. Right? And so that's an emptiness that we have oftentimes in our life. And so the question at this phase that we ask is, what promise can I claim? Right? Is there a promise? Or you can write model too, because there may not necessarily be a, a, a specific promise in that given area. But what promise or what model do I find in Scripture that I can claim? Okay? You okay so far? All right, number four is you got to describe the prophet, or you can write on the thing why, right? you got to describe the why. Why are we doing this? Why did I want to invest in my boys' lives when they were little? What is the reason why? So I can go to McDonald's and watch them eat a Happy Meal? No, that wasn't the reason why. But as they were younger, I recognized that forming their spiritual life and forming their character was important for dad to pour into their life, right? And so that was the why. That was why Tuesday was X'd out at lunchtime. Were there things that I could have been doing? Absolutely. But I needed to know the why in order to begin to motivate myself to begin to do it. So if you're going to fix your marriage this year, why? If you're going to have, uh, get out of debt or you're going to become uh, better uh, stewards of your finances, why? You need to describe it. If you, uh, uh, make it clear in what you're doing. All right? Again, don't fall back to being vague because if you're vague, you're never going to know what it is. Oh, go to lunch with your kids. When? Where? What day? How often? Right? You've got to have some clarity in it. And so you see in verse 7, so that you can get a wife, that was the reason why, for, for, uh, for my son there, right? And so that was his, that was the why of what he was doing, right? So there's some, a few questions to ask. And so the questions to ask is this, what is the reward? All right, what is the reward? 
Second one is, why do I want it? Why do I want it? And let me just stop right there. Put your number two pencils down and look up. All right? In goal setting, and this is important, next week we'll look at problem solving. This week is not problem solving. In the first five phases is not trying to figure out how you're going to do it. You need to figure out why you're going to do it. God will reveal, we'll see next week, the how it's going to happen. All right? In goal setting, what ends up happening is we get the idea, and then all of a sudden the problem chases right behind it, and we stop. Right? You figure out the why, God will reveal to you the how it's going to happen. All right? And so, so you can just kind of jog down on the, side, on, on the side there on the second one. Is this. You figure out the why, God will show you the how. All right? First five phases is not problem solving. It's simply idea. What, what is the direction God wants you to do? Go into. The third, the third one there in your outline is how will I feel when I finish? Right? How will I feel when I finish? Get them all? So for his servant, now think of this, and this is important, for the servant, Abraham said, go find a wife for my son, don't go to the land of the, where the Canaanites are, leave here, go back to my home country, get someone of like faith and like kinship, and bring her back to my son, okay? Now th- this, is, this is important to understand. If your goals are for you, they will motivate you not more, but less. If your goals are for someone else or something else, it will motivate you more to do. Does that make sense? His goal was to find a wife, not for himself, for Isaac. His goal was to be obedient to Abraham. His goal was to be used as a vehicle to fulfill God's promise that God had given Abraham. None of them were for him. And yet he was obedient. And so when you look at the why, strip back a little bit, take a look at it and ask yourself, is this just for me? Because if it's for me, it's going to be less motivating, not more. You think it will be more, but it isn't. Okay? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? We'll go back to square one. I know it's, you haven't been in church since last year. I recognize that. So you forgot the rules at the how it works here. Number five, the fifth one is desire in prayer. Okay, desire in prayer. And this is one that oftentimes people will ask. We think we have freedom to pray for our needs, which we do. But we also have Scripture that teaches us that we can pray for our desires as well, right? So oftentimes people will ask me that question. Is it okay that I pray for my desires? It's like, well, what's the alternative? Not to, right? It's like people say, should I pray that I succeed? What's the alternative? Pray that you fail? I mean, it seems crazy, right? So look with me in Mark chapter 11, and this is where Jesus in, in verse 24, and we're going to change a word in here to help you out. Here's what it says. 
says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you, what's the word? Ask. But you know what? It also, and maybe a better translation could be translated desire. Okay? So, uh, whatever things that you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. And you will have them. Now, that isn't like a positive confession idea. But there are desires that God has placed in you. Would you agree with that? Right? And those desires that God is going to, uh, that placed in you is going to be honoring to God. Right? And, and perhaps it's not going to be about you. But it's going to be about honoring God and glorifying Him. And so He places those desires in us. Why wouldn't you pray? For them why wouldn't you seek that i mean it seems it seems crazy and then i know you get in that whole argument well it seems like it's filled with pride well well i mean if you believe that the holy spirit speaks into you and illuminates your mind i happen to believe that i believe we worship a living god that speaks to us right i, I think from from the old testament into the new testament times and today i think god speaks to his children right so if he gives you those desires, he illuminates your mind and gives you those desires, why, why wouldn't you seek them out? Why wouldn't you flesh them out? Why wouldn't you pray about them in your life? And so here's what the servant said in verse, uh, Genesis 24, verse 12. Then he prayed, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, give me... I, there was very few people in the house today who were alive. Give me today and again the success wasn't for him it was for everyone but him right now i'm sure he was going to be rewarded in some way but but i mean that's it so the question you ask here is am i praying for my goals okay am i praying for my goals so let me make it simple for you and we're going to wrap up put a bow on it and send you on your way okay one of the goals for 2016 is community groups, okay? It, I, I've shared with you last year, it's one of the areas that we, we are not doing very well, and I take full credit for that, and so we're going to focus in and we're going to hone in on community groups, all right? So let me just kind of roll through this of how really simple it is. You don't have to make it abstract and confusing on setting goals. You can take this pattern, this formula, and just simply write on the side. So community groups. Here's where I wrote. Position. Where are we at now? Well, we have about 25 groups that are currently meeting. Alright? What do we want to change? We want to add 25 more groups. We want to double. Okay? We want to double. So, we don't want to live in, in la-la land. We want to be, we want to face it, face reality. Right? We need to double our groups. That's a reality. Alright? So then you get into purpose. Well, why do you want to do it, right? The purpose is to get everyone who attends Laurel Ridge, adults, everyone who attends. So if you attend here, that's you. That's you. And we're going to stay here until you sign up today. So <clears throat> we may be celebrating Christmas, right, by next year. So, so here it is. It's, it's to get everyone who attends, adults, into a community group. Right? That, that, that's, that's the purpose. Okay? Then, then you take the promise. And this is not so much, thou shalt be in a community group, says the Lord. All right? 
But there's a model that we find in Scripture when it comes to the promise that we find. If you read Acts chapter 2, that is the purest version of the New Testament church. Right? So there's not all this denominational crazy stuff. There's not all these ideas. I mean, it's the purest version. So you can go home and read Acts chapter 2, and you can realize, you will realize that they met together in the temple, in the homes, they broke be- bread, they worshiped together, they served one another, they loved one another, right? And so the promise is that we have, or the model that we have, is that we need to be a part for a healthy body of Christ. We need to be in community, right? And so a healthy community is, is a group where they're serving one another, caring for one another, they're, they're, and they're growing spiritually together with one another. Do you agree with that? That's a model? Well, what's the profit or the why? So Pastor Dan doesn't have to work. No, it's not it. It's not the goal. But here's what I recognize. That if our church is going to make a difference and impact in our community, we've got to be healthy. Right? We've got to be a healthy body of believers. And, and so he, here's what we know. We, the body functions best when it is loved and being lo- loving and being loved, right? Serving and being served, caring and being cared for, and growing spiritually together. It's healthy, right? Health creates impact in the community. Would you agree? So it isn't for me. This isn't about me. This is about the body of Christ making an impact in our community. And then the prayer, just because we're stopped at prayer on five, is... That the goal is, again, not for me or not for the pastoral staff, but it's for a healthy body. And I think we would all agree, our culture needs to be impacted with the presence of Christ. Would you agree with that? Our, our schools, our workplaces, our family, families desperately need Jesus. Would you agree with that? And when we're healthy, then we're able to make an impact in the com- community and make a difference. Right? And so when I step back, as I looked at goals uh, for 2016, and I step back, and I, and I re- recognize, and I own it, right? we're not doing community groups very well. And we've got to focus on it. But it isn't for us. It, it's really to make an impact for, uh, in our community to make a difference for Jesus. You agree with that? So, so here, here's my thing. All right? If you begin to just take those five steps, you can write marriage, kids, finances, you can write whatever it is your goals are. And just begin simply just writing it out and following that model. Right? And we'll see next week, we'll see next week that when God is behind you, you will succeed not because of you but because of his faithfulness in and through our lives. Right? And so and again, success isn't about money and wealth and all that stuff. It's about following God's plan for your life and make a, making a difference in your community. So next week, how many of you are going to set goals? <laughs> Some of you are going, no way, man. No way. That's all right. I'm going to pray for you. And here's my prayer, that God is going to strip everything out of your life that is causing you from not setting goals. See, how many of you are going to set goals this week? You can do it. Come on. Come on. (laughs) 
I am completely convinced. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Lord, we need an extra dose of your spirit. And Father, we just ask that you will empower us. You will empower us. Not to just bounce from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. But Lord, that you will bring focus into our life. Lord, you want to do amazing things in us and through us. And Father, I know that that happens when we are focused. And God, I pray, I pray today, that, Lord, you will bring clarity in what you desire for us to do. Lord, help us to overcome the fear. Help us to recognize that all things are possible through you, not through our resources, but through your power in us. And, Father, I pray that as we look at our marriage, our, our professional life, our financial life, our spiritual life, Lord, that you will begin to motivate us, to encourage us, to give us enthusiasm, to set goals in our life that will honor and glorify you. And Father, we give you praise in advance for what you're going to do. You're going to do amazing things in and through us. And we just, we just claim that promise and we're grateful for it. Lord, we want to be used by you. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, the greatest decision that you could ever make in your life is to invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And maybe you're here today and you've never invited Christ to be your Savior. And I want to give you that opportunity. And we just kind of do a little ABC. It's not a formula to, to do it. It's just a way to help us to walk through. A is admit that we've made mistakes, that we're sinners. We missed the mark is what it means. B is to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that he died on a cross, that he rose again. And C is to confess him to be your Lord and Savior. And if you're here today and you've never entered into a personal relationship with Christ, as I say this prayer, just silently repeat after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, today, I admit that I've made mistakes, that I'm a sinner, that I missed the mark. And I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that he died on a cross and that he rose again. And today, I confess him to be my Lord and Savior. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me a new start. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Father, as we leave here today, may you empower us. May you give us enthusiasm, in theos, in God. May we leave here seeking to honor you in every area of our life. And Father, we give you the praise. And Father, as we give back to you a portion of what you blessed us with, Father, may you use it to the furthering of your kingdom. Father, may you empower us to impact our community and our world for Jesus. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And all God's people said, Amen. hey, on the back.